Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi. The show's namesake is on assignment. He's Aww. doing very many important things. Probably geeky stuff. He's probably playing board games. Most definitely. Yes. But running the boards is Joey D. Hello. On today's show, we will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach, who will give us some movie news. I will talk about, well, the fact that Constantine is still in Legends of Tomorrow and they're expanding his role. Hmm. Why the last man and why it's stuck in development hell. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our blogs, podcasts, and More. more. Or just find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, or iTunes by searching for BJ Shea. Yes. Geek Nation. Yes. (laughs) BJ Shea's Geek Nation. But, I mean, there's plenty of other things as well. We've got Radio.com. And if you, uh, whichever way that you subscribe to our podcast, please subscribe because uh, we really do appreciate that. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us some wordy review. uh, You know, a couple of texts there, some words and stuff like that. Send us a screenshot of that. Send it to us at BJGeekNation at gmail.com. And then let me know. And we'll send you a comic book and a little placard that says BJ Shea's Geek Nation and also has our signatures on it. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, right. Mm. And a little incentive for you to uh, help us out on that end. Uh, one person who does help us out is Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, and we've got him right now. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And there's a lot of movie news going on, and especially after the disappointing uh, returns that came from Birds of Prey, it seems like they're trying to figure out a way to uh, get people to go watch it, right? Correct. And the problem they're facing is they're going to be looking at Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Fantasy Island and some other new releases. Now, you wouldn't expect some of them to really light up the box office. But the point is, it is competition for, uh, you know, the viewing dollars. And while the film went anywhere between 20 and 35, 40 million below what the studio expectations were, um you know, the studio is desperate to try to figure this out. I've had a lot of people tell me, well, it hasn't opened in Japan yet. It hasn't opened here yet. And then I've had others say, yeah, well, they can't expect China to keep bailing them out uh, because the foreign audience has dropped. So that's the foreign films being shown there are not raking in the same amount of money that they have in the past. And they think maybe it's due to a glut of things. So the studio is, and the theaters have decided Let's try to clarify the overly complicated title. <laughs> Which it super is. And that's one of those really kind of interesting things when I saw that whole, like, gigantically long name. Like, I understand who Birds of Prey are. And then once you finally get, you know, I don't know what, seven or eight words are into it, you finally realize, oh, Harley Quinn's in it as well. Exactly. And that's kind of what they're doing is they're putting Harley front and center. So it's Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, not, what is it, Birds of Prey, the Emancipation of the Fabulous Harley Quinn or something like that. Pretty close. (laughs) And I think, you know, they're hoping that'll work. But I think 
the, when I looked at it was this, I had some people get on me for a mixed review saying, Oh, it was fabulous. It was an amazing film. And I said, well, here's the problem. The fan people are going to embrace this. And I said, let, let me just be very blunt here. Murgo Robbie could burp the alphabet for 90 minutes. And they'd say it was brilliant. And the, you know, the embodiment of Harley Quinn, the hard sell is going to be getting the casual fans and the non-fans in to make it because they are the ones that are going to make or break her movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just didn't think there was enough there um, to pull in the, you know, the casual, the hard fit. The, the trailer wasn't as enticing. If you're a fan of that stuff, you're going to say, oh, great, Harley movie, come on in. Um, and that seems to be the problem. And, you know, my wife brought up a really interesting point. She said, I don't think Harley is interesting enough a character to carry a movie entirely on her own. She works great in the, you know, Suicide Squad. She's commonly associated with the Joker, but on her own, when you put her front and center, you could see the disjointedness at times of the film and how parts of it seem very jumbled as they attempted to put, you know, the birds of prey together. But, you know, let's be honest, that doesn't, they're not together the entire film. I don't think I'm spoiling anything with that. <gasps> and, you know, I think that, you know, that it, it comes back to, again, if you're a hardcore fan, you're going to think it's brilliant. But if you're a casual to a non-fan, this might be a harder sell. And I just don't think changing the name is going to do what they hope it'll do. Yeah. And I mean, it's like one of those things, the problem with uh, the titles of movies. We saw it back in the day with John Carter. They dropped the Of Mars, and people mm-hmm. people didn't go see it because they didn't know what it was about. And who cares about John Carter? I mean, at that point, because you don't know anything. Exactly. And, you know, this, this is the problem. They play around with these things. What, what surprises me is that they have test screenings, they have focus groups, they have things like that. And even if you're trying to keep these films absolutely in secret where you're not going to have an advanced screening or anything like that. They still normally have focus groups where they'll say, what do you think of this title? And even if you don't do that, you normally have a chain of producers, directors, so on and so forth. And what just boggles my mind is how everyone from the you know top down who had any kind of say in this all thought, yep, this title's perfect. And, I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just exactly. comes down to it. it. Really, it really wasn't. Um, moving on from that, there was a movie that got a lot of controversy last year, and uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be shelved. But now it looks like Hunt is uh, back. Uh, well, uh, on the hunt. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This was a this is a film that is being put out by Universal Studios, and so it's got some you know major studio clout behind it, and you have. Ike Barinholtz in it and several other named people. Uh, Betty Gilpin, who is currently in Glow, that sort of thing, used to be on Nurse Jackie. She's in it. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. And it's essentially a, re- not a retelling, but it, it covers the theme that has been done many times before film and TV. We've had episode of The Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby had dealt with this. There was uh, Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme. There was the movie with Ice-T and Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah. Several others. We have a group of rich people hunting people and uh they decided okay you know we're going to do it a bit of a twist i i believe it's got kind of a hostile slant to it in that a bunch of this happens over in eastern europe and that sort of thing and it's wealthy people uh that are easy to vilify and they're kidnapping people turning them loose and they're hunting them and of course some of them turn 
the tables. And they were all set to put this out. Apparently, it's going to be an R-rated bloodbath and action suspense <laughs> with a little bit of comedy Ooh. thrown in. And then you had all these incidents happen, and it became politicized. And it's propaganda, it's propaganda for, it's propaganda against, so on and so forth. And the studio just basically said, you know, we're getting ready to spend a lot of money advertising and promoting this thing. Maybe this isn't the time to do that. So out of the blue, they said, okay, it's not happening. And it just sat there, and we all thought, okay, it's going to go on their streaming service. It'll quietly make its way to DVD. It'll pop up on Netflix, something like this. And then a couple days ago, out of the blue, here's the trailer. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise, and I mean, I'm pretty Very much so, and I'm pretty excited for this because uh, Damon Lindelof, who recently uh, did The Watchmen uh, on HBO, is behind this. So I kind of want to see where he's going to go with this because even they said that you know, uh, like even the name and just the description of it was taken out of context, and I have to imagine that would be the case because if you're hunting people and the fact that it got politicized because of certain characters and stuff like that. You have to realize that things aren't going to be going the way that you think they're going to be going, because that's kind of how movies work. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, this is um, kind of like the trend we've been seeing lately with Knives Out and some of the other films where you see these people... um, everything's not as it seems and there's twists and there's turns and there's alternate uh, endings and hidden agendas and stuff like that. And I looked at it and said, all right, sure. We've seen this general theme before, but it, you know, it could be a little bit of interesting fun. There was a uh, film recently and it had drawn a blank, but it was essentially the guy brings the girl home to meet his family and uh, they say, Oh, we play a game. It's a custom here. And then they decide to hunt her. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and then she turned the tables on him. Now, that ended up being an incredible surprise. And it turned out to be, and I think this is kind of a variation on what they're doing here, in that, you know, the hunter becomes the huntee, and uh, or the hunted, and that sort of thing. And uh, we'll see. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably be checking that out. I'm kind of looking at some of these uh, random more movies, uh, a little less of the blockbusters and just kind of the fun ones. And you mentioned Knives Out, and that was one that I'm super stoked about because I heard that they're getting a sequel, or at least it's being yep. greenlit. So I'm kind of stoked about that. Uh, what other what other movie news do you have for us before we get out of here? Okay, well, the uh, biggest news of the day is we have something from television and something from. Um, the theatrical. The first off theatrical, Shazam 2, is aiming for a July start of filming date. Now, we don't mm. have any details about that. I understand the Black Adam project is still separate from that, but it is a sequel to Shazam, uh, and we can take it from there. No other details beyond that, but filming in July, so obviously the goal would be to have it out the next uh, year. Now, the final bit of news has got everybody talking. Um, CinemaCon's coming up, the big uh, presentations from all the studios. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was the big question, well, Disney just absorbed Fox. What are they going to do? Are they going to be there? Are they not going to be there? It's come out that they're the opening presentation. Oh. And on the heels of that, they said, oh, by the way, the Cassian Andor series is very much alive at Disney+. Plus. It is set to film this year. And Tony Gilroy, the Academy Award-winning director who was brought into oversee the rewrite and uh, the reshoots for Rogue One is uh, has apparently rewritten the pilot is going to direct 
several episodes and apparently going to have a big hand in writing uh, much of the series. And essentially, as we know, it deals with younger Cassian Andor, the early days of the Rebellion, and of course, his trusty sidekick is going to be back, K2SO. That's amazing. And I mean, obviously, it kind of makes sense in terms of the fact that they were in Rogue One. Rogue One doesn't end well for them. I mean, they do what they set out to accomplish, but I mean, spoiler alert, you, you know, they have to do a prequel when it comes down to that. That's exciting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how this plays out because Disney recently said Yes, there's going to be other Star Wars films, but none none are in active development. We're probably going to take a break for it. The, the belief is at least three years. And so everybody's looking at The Mandalorian. There's been reports that the plan is for it to run five seasons. Whoa. Uh, you know, Ewan McGregor has still said that we are absolutely going ahead with the Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, you know, miniseries. And then you have the Cassian Andor series. So... You know, and obviously the you remaining mean, episodes of the Clone Wars we get this month. So you mean Star Wars is going to still is still going to be profitable for Disney? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for the for a, probably a very long time. I know, gosh, right. Well, I'm very excited for all the Star Wars news, and I know that you're going to keep up on all of the stuff that's happening. People can find out more at Skewed and Reviewed. You can go to sknr.net to get links to all the social media as well. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Again, thank you so much, Gareth. Moving on from that, uh, Joe looked at me kind of confused when I mentioned that Constantine was on Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, I am very confused. He joined back in uh, Season 4, and apparently, according to uh, CBR.com, I don't watch it, but he's been a welcome addition to the team, and it seems like this is very important because the current main villain of the series, Astra Logue, has a personal connection with the character. And according to the showrunner, co-showrunner Phil Klemmer, the series may have even bigger plans for Constantine should it get a sixth season. He says, in the finale, we are going to see a terribly nuanced version of Astra. She, unlike most people in hell, isn't going to appear evil through and through. Should we have a chance to continue the story next season? There's a flip side to the coin of this girl, now woman, who resents Constantine and has been corrupted by her experience. She blames him for everything that went wrong with her life. I mean, that's usually kind of how the villains work with that. Yep. <laughs> Again, I feel like there's a chance to get underneath all of that. For us, it's just about revealing new sides of these characters that you think you know inside and out. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that's going to be going along. Uh, yeah, because when Constantine did get uh, the show got canceled, they were able to bring him onto this show. And it, it seems weird. A little bit. I don't want to say forced. Yeah. Because I don't know yet. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, he's been around for a while. People haven't hated it. And if they're going to get a sixth season, uh, it, right now it's on Tuesdays, 9 p.m. on the C-Dub. So uh, check that out. Let us know. And if you're a fan of it and you're a fan of John Constantine, let us know about that and how you feel about this. Because it's it's interesting to put a guy who's essentially just kind of like a, a hard-boiled detective into a show like this. Yeah, exactly. And, man, six seasons? These shows go five right now. I know. Thinking like to get a sixth. Well, I mean, how long did Arrow go for? Oh, eight, eight, right? Yeah, Yeah. eight seasons. And just with all these, they're immensely popular. They're doing these huge, massive crossover events, which wouldn't happen if they weren't super popular. You know what's funny is I think of CW and I think of like Degrassi and those kind of shows, right? (laughs) Those like high school (laughs) drama shows. Yeah, it's so weird to think nowadays that they're all superhero based. They're the DC superhero based, like really, and it's. One of the fun parts of the fact that we always talk about how a lot of the DC movies are, I don't want to say terrible, but they're terrible. And 
then the TV shows usually knock it out of the park. Yeah. I loved Gotham for the entire run. I knew how, like, you know, soap opera it was. But it was the wife and I's soap opera. It's the same thing with uh, with like what Arrow and a lot of the other shows were for BJ and Sarah. Yep. Yeah. Flash as well. Yeah. All those, yeah, yeah. Flash. Exactly. And so it's just kind of fun to be able to have you know something for everyone at that point. Never in my wildest dreams, <laughs> twenty five years ago, would I have thought <laughs> that this right? would have been the future. Now moving on to something that is. Stuck in that old development hell, speaking of Constantine there. Uh-oh. Um, Why the Last Man has been in development. It started off as a FX TV series uh, since 2015. Uh, and they're kind of hoping maybe that was going to happen. But it was originally planned as a feature film adaptation. And this was all the way back in 2007. So, I mean, we're in 2020 now. So this is 13 years ago. Uh, the film rights were acquired by New Line Cinema. And they were a, t- a couple of people were attached to the project. And they were really hoping it was going to happen. One of those was going to be director DJ Caruso. He maintained that the uh, source material was too ex- uh, extensive to fit into just one movie. And having read the books, yeah. Uh, but I think also you could have kind of fit that into one movie, like the basic premise. And if you don't know the premise of it, uh, why the last man, he was, uh, literally the last man. And it's about, uh, York Brown and his monkey companion ampersand, uh, (laughs) who are the sole survivors of a plague that kills every male mammal on earth. Uh, first published in 2002, it had a five year run under the DC vertigo line and is, Fantastic. Brian K. Vaughn, uh, his, his writing was great, and Pia Guerrera's art is just beyond fantastic. It's one of those must-gets. Yeah, and Animal CGI has gotten so good. If you yeah. see like, his Dark Materials or even the new Dr. Doolittle movie. Like, the, really? Inco- yeah, and the incorporation of just one animal with one character, it's really a lot cheaper to do than it used to be before. Like, Dr. Doolittle goes crazy because it's just all you know, CGI. Yeah. But if you look at the individual scenes with just one character in them, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. So we were talking about the fact that Caruso wanted more movies and they wanted, he wanted to turn it into a trilogy actually starring potentially Shia LaBeouf. No. Well, no. Shia LaBeouf was like, nope, this isn't mm-hmm. happening. So just don't do it. Yeah. He shot down that rumor and cause <laughs> in his, in his uh, defense on that saying it was too similar to his Transformers character. All right. But this basically made Caruso walk away when the film was like, when the film rights were like, they're like, or the filmmakers were like, no, uh, the suits out there were like, this is going to be one movie. So he left. So back in uh, 2012, writers Matthew Fetterman and Stefan Sakaya, he they entered final negotiations to pen New Line's adaptation of the series. And, well, that went away as well. It failed to go into production with a finalized script, so they just basically just were like, out. Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrero then expressed their interest to go into a television series simply titled Why? And that's where FX came in when 2015. So they started adapting it. This, like, the world that is this this comic book is so good. Like, I don't know why that it's all, it's like not getting anything anywhere, but essentially the showrunners I talked about, nope, they exited in April, 2019 due to creative differences. And now FX has announced that the person who was going to be playing Y, uh, a man by the name of, uh, well, last name Keegan, Barry Keegan, uh, Keoghan? I don't know because they spell it twice in this article. Uh, but anyway, so they were going to have, they shot the pilot for him, 
had him in it, and then they realized that they are going to replace him as the lead character. So as of this writing on comic book resources, it's not clear why the Dunkirk star was recast. And even though the series was supposed to debut in 2020, it's not looking like it's going to be happening. So I'm not going to lie. This sounds like a pretty obvious thing at this point, right? The creative differences in the style where they want the show to go. They cast someone, don't like them, have to recast. It sounds like one of them was like, hey, I want this to be more lighthearted or I want this to be you know, A, B, and C. One Direction, Le- yeah. yeah, yeah. Leaves, they cast the one that they thought was going to be good, and now they're like... Maybe that guy was right. I and don't now think the this fact is working. That it, and now the fact that it doesn't maybe that character and the way that they portrayed him didn't quite necessarily fit with fit with their now plan. Yep. And then also like, well, we got to do all these rewrites and maybe the actor has got something else going on at that point. Like scheduling conflicts can just be the bane of a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. And you shoot a pilot. You don't know what's going to happen to it. There are plenty of pilots out there where nothing comes from it. And. Like, even the actor, you'd be like, oh, hey, what happened to that thing that you, you know, did a pilot for? You'd be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I shot it. I got paid for that. And then I'm gone. So I, I really want Why the Last Man to become a show. But also, I don't want it to be a rushed piece of crap because at that point, you're just going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. And then, I mean, you'll still have the comic books to go back to, but you're going to be remembering how bad the show was. There's nothing worse than when you, something that you would love gets turned into just a pile. Yeah. Like, ask anybody who uh, loved uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Right? Oh, When that God. turned into a movie. <laughs> I had such high hopes for that movie. Because, honestly, the casting was amazing. Yeah. Like, it was perfect. But the on-screen adaptation, well, ooh. You kind of have to read the source material when it comes down to it. And uh, yeah. that didn't it was. The, it yeah. never should have been made for one movie. It nope. should have been a, th- a trilogy for <laughs> sure from the beginning. And I know they hate when they do this, but it just should have been a three-hour Lord of the Rings yeah. Fantasy. That's what it should have been. Yeah. But you know what? It's hard to convince kids to sit still for that long these days. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It is. <laughs> All right, Grandpa Joe. Hey, I'm 35. Or what, 31? Jeez. You're not 35. I'm Get going that. into the future here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know how you feel about this. If there's other comic book properties that you would be happy to see hit the big screen if they're done correctly, uh, shoot us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. But now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky. I know there's a movie out there this week that everybody who complains on the internet has to see. Which apparently it is projected to topple Birds of Prey. Well, I mean, Birds of Prey didn't necessarily flop because it got number one, but it did not reach projections. I was going to say, no. it toppled itself. Yeah, I, yeah. I, they did do a name change. You guys haven't noticed. They are, it is now Harley Quinn, yep. Birds of Prey, instead mm-hmm. of Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous, you know, Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. They're trying to be all fancy with it. But when you do Birds of Prey, it almost sounds like, could this be like a Disney movie that has like Morgan Freeman narrating a bunch of birds? I would watch that. They have movies like that. I know. I know. It's like the Planet Earth things and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, these are really great. So, I mean. That's what it sounds like. So, I can imagine why a lot of people (laughs) didn't go see it. They're like, oh, I don't see Harley Quinn up on the Fandango. So, uh Guess we're not gonna go see it this yeah. week. So if you uh, if you still want to see it, you can look it up under Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Yep, and I'm actually I've I asked the buddy I'm like, hey, let's watch Sonic the Hedgehog because I have to see it because yep. I was one of the people that complained not on the internet but just out loud and oh, I feel like man. I have to. Here's the deal: when it first, the trailer first came out, his eyes were too small and he had human teeth. He it looked, looked really scary. He looked like a blue foot with teeth. <laughs> really, <laughs> it was not good. Now they have totally made him look. More cartoony, which yeah, I like appreciate. Sonic. I mean, yeah. come on. If you're going to make a character, like, uh, 
he's already not really human, so there's no way you could have made yeah. it look real. I hate to ask the question, but did we need this movie? You yeah. know what? We don't really need most of the movies that come out. When let's was be the last Sonic game even released? Oh, uh, good. Huh. That's a really good call uh, because I know for a fact that if it wasn't Sonic Racing, there was one that was such a buggy filled crap fest that the only reason why people played it was to go onto Twitch to show how buggy and terrible it was. Oh, just, just to show the terrible programming? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. And it was really bad. So, you know, maybe it's to, you know, it's that nostalgia. They have the little uh, the little Sega minis that still have Sonic on there, so maybe they're trying to get those. And I'm uh, not a Sonic hater. I loved Sonic. Same. I had a Sega Genesis. So apparently back in 2017, they came out with Sonic Forces, uh, which was on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One. Oh. So I, I don't well, know. Oh, you got so me, Sonic. Recent. <laughs> recent. Uh, actually, this was done in commemoration of the tw- uh, franchise's 25th anniversary. Oh, so it's kind of that whole nostalgia trip. I mean, it's the same reason why I went to a couple of concerts for bands that put out albums in the 90s. Like, yeah, I feel it's it. It's just that, that sort of reunion tour. And by the way, Sonic Forces... Um, uh, did not get good scores on uh, yeah. everything, like either fives and sixes out of tens Ooh. across the board. Uh, but this is actually so far only seventy-two reviews as of now. It did drop when it was only sixty reviews. It was originally seventy percent. It is now sixty-eight percent. Well, with seventy-two reviews. That's not bad. First off, it's a video game movie, and anyone who lived in the nineties, going back to there with like the Super Mario Brothers, or even like later on uh, in the two thousands with Prince of Persia, like. Most of the time, or even in the 2010s with Assassin's Creed, most of the time a video game movie is going to be hot trash. Yep. Right. So, Laura Croft, I think the first one was not, like, probably one of the best, better ones. And I'll be honest, I watched Detective Pikachu. Not bad. I still haven't seen it. Really? I know it's all, it's wow. weird. Wow. I've seen a Pikachu and you haven't? Right? What the hell? I've been wanting crazy. to rent it, or, but I'm like, I, I want to watch it with somebody. I, I don't saw- want to be there you know, giggling and all that by myself. You can watch it with your little baby brother. He won't let me watch it. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Not a Pikachu fan, huh? Well, no. He just doesn't have the, you know, he's still too little to focus on he's the He's like a long. year old. He should be yeah. able to watch movies now. He can, see, he's he'll walking? watch clips. He watches clips of videos. I'll show them, you know. But anyways, that's not the point. Yeah. But uh, if you need a video or, I mean, a video movie to go take your lover. Ooh, I don't like that word. Uh, If you want to go take your significant other. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) To the movies. I hate it when people are like, hey, lover. Here's a romantic thing. You know what my wife's going to shoot down? Going to see Sonic on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can go see Birds of Prey. Uh, Oh, yeah, that too. But like we've said, it is Valentine's Day, and uh, it's you know it's kind of hard to ask out another nerd because you, you overthink it. They're maybe shy like you are. Good call, yeah. But I actually stumbled upon a video for uh, any board game lover that's wanting to get a little romance today. And both of y'all are on the uh, Board Game Alliance, yeah. which comes out every Tuesday, and so this is very appropriate for that time. So if you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, or maybe not even, but if you're heading up to your local gaming store, your friendly local board gaming shop that might have, yeah, something along the lines of like a Zulu's or a Mox that we've got here, if you're fortunate to have one of those, maybe try these out. Maybe try them out with somebody you're already dating. All right, there we go. Yeah, try it out with that one first. They should have called it Eight Wonders and put a picture of you on the box. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That kind of worked out there. (laughs) The lack of response from her was... uh, 
Hey, baby, you know what they say about guys with big board game collections? That they probably haven't been saving for retirement. Oh! <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> Those games are very expensive. Hey, sounds like BJ. Uh -huh. If you uh, come over to my place, let me captain your sonar. What? <laughs> Cosmic, your encounter? What are you saying? Castle your burgundy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Girls can be awkward too. <laughs> yeah, you right. make my heart go from dead of winter to fireball island faster than the game of happy salmon. Oh, I don't eat fish. <laughs> they ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. You're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would She freaking out? <laughs> the hell? Oh hey. If I was oh. your lady, I'd trade you all my sheep. You know, I'm more of a brick and wood person actually. <laughs> Oh, oh, what does that mean? That's totally me. Katan. <laughs> I always have all the sheep, and no one wants them. <laughs> I'll trade you sheep for wood, sir. Go on. <laughs> Hello. Words joke. You better say Mayday, because you might be falling for Z-Man of your ultimate fantasy flight. <laughs> okay. That was actually pretty cute. Do you want to get lunch? Of course. Only if we get the Ravensburger. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you know that I'm the sweetest girl? Oh, really? Shut up and sit down! What? Is that a game? I don't know. But <laughs> well, he's not winning, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me too, man. Wow. Damn. Uh, so maybe those won't work out, but, you know... Give us some of your board game pickup lines. Or just nerdy pickup lines. Yeah, nerdy pickup lines. Well, I like to sonic <laughs> your hedgehog. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to uh, raid your tomb. Oh. I, I, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Valentine's Day, and until next time, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.